naturally occurring psychoactive compound, psilocybin, is found in over 200 species of mushrooms. Despite their millennia of use by humans for mental and spiritual well-being, they have been classified falsely among the most dangerous and illegal of substances. Locked away from those who need them most. The Psilocybin Chronicles documents the individuals who courageously consume, collect, or cultivate these mushrooms to improve the quality of their lives. Won't you join us as we welcome the return of psilocybin? Welcome to the Psilocybin Chronicles. I am your host, Eric Osborne. This podcast is intended for education and harm reduction purposes only. The Psilocybin Chronicles, nor Myco Meditations, condones any illegal activity. Megan is a graduate of Indiana University, where she majored in communications and culture. After her studies, she started her career as a corporate art consultant, working on contracts with the VA, the United States Air Force, local hospitals, and more. Years later, she transitioned into her current role as the brand manager of a much-loved mid-century modern artist estate and studio, where she does marketing, licensing, product development, and PR. She fills her free time with live music, exploration of places near and far, and sometimes jumping out of perfectly good airplanes. <laughs> Won't you join me in welcoming Megan to the Psilocybin Chronicles? All right, Megan, welcome to the Psilocybin Chronicles. Thank you for having me. Yeah, awesome, awesome. Uh, we've got a nice backdrop for our uh, interview here, hey? Yeah, this is not too bad. <laughs> not too bad at all. <laughs> yeah, hopefully our listeners can hear the, the ocean uh, and the reggae in the background. We're, uh, we are beachside, um, and I know our wonderful wonderful editor, Jimmy Fro of the Jimmy Fro Show podcast, uh, is going to keep it sounding real nice for you all. Uh, so, Megan, tell us, uh, if there was one person that you could consume psilocybin with throughout time and history, who would that be and why? That would be my mother, Carol. Very good. I love my mother endlessly, and um, I feel from her an unconditional love, and um, it's something um, I experienced the other day on my first dosing day, um, a feeling of unending indescribable love, um, and peace and a few other things. Uh, but I would love, um, for my mother to experience that, um, on this earth, because I think it's the closest we'll ever come to heaven. And hmm. I just want her to know, I want everybody I love anybody I care about to know this feeling now that I've seen that, felt that tasted it. So, hmm. and I would also enjoy kind of finding out, some more of the inner workings of my mother's head and I only get one side of her usually and that's a mother and um, as an adult I've gotten the friend side but I'd love to know her um, who she is as a woman as a human and um, I think this has the potential to show me some of that from her mm -hmm, so mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah we definitely get insights into others uh, through their experience right do you what do you think her level of openness to psilocybin would be at this point um I think more open than the average bear. Um, and I only say that from witnessing her support of my um, journey here to Jamaica and um, over the last couple of years as I've explored this world. Um, she's been very supportive and very open to talking about it. She asks a lot of questions. Okay. Um, so I know there's a curiosity there at the very least. And um, I think if and when I'm ever able to put words to what I've experienced down here, um, it would be a very compelling case for mm -hmm. her mm -hmm. so. so you have that's that's great to know that you have been open with her about your experiences and that she's been open yeah to receiving them yeah and that's something um i've talked to a couple people here about um regarding going back home and a friend of mine here a female um talking about her kind of uh integrating this with her husband and you know, and everybody's perceptions of other people's reactions. But one um, thing that I've been thinking about and discussing with my new friends here is um, how surprised I've been at how receptive my parents have been throughout this, um, even just my journey with cannabis. And so I think we don't often give people enough credit and we make assumptions and don't give them the benefit of the doubt mm -hmm. for being open mm -hmm. or receptive to these things. And so I think that's where we fall short a lot in just our culture right now is 
um, making a lot of assumptions about people's openness and. Oh wow! Just assumptions in general, right? Yeah. About what someone is by looking at what they're how they're wearing, or yeah, or how they're wearing what they're wearing, <laughs> how yeah. they're wearing what they're wearing. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. No, that's 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 beautiful, uh, and I really appreciate how you describe your relationships with these medicines as a journey because it's an ongoing process of learning how to apply them differently at different times and for different purposes. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about your journey with psilocybin. When did you first encounter even the idea of magic mushrooms? Um, the first time was in high school. Um, it wasn't a good introduction. It wasn't even really an introduction. It was a here, this might mess you up or something. Mm-hmm. And I ate some and um, was on SSRIs at the time. And now knowing what I know, um, that's why I didn't feel anything. But I tried a couple of drugs in high school, had the same experience um, on LSD. One time I remember look, being able to look across a football field and seeing people's faces and like seeing their eyes. And I was very impressed about that. And I could also see through people's makeup. But that was the only effect I had ever had. And then I spent um, the rest of my adult life up until a couple of years ago, really fearing these um, plant medicines and the other compounds and um really feared a bad trip feared a hole being eaten in my brain because mm-hmm. that's what we were told mm-hmm. that drugs do and things like that so um i never tried them again and then um a couple years ago i started i'd quit drinking i had started exploring my soul and my spirit and realized what a good tool cannabis was for all of that and started using it medicinally as well so i kind of was dipping my toe back in these waters um and listen, you know, I started listening to Joe Rogan and finding various guests of his and following them and learning more about this journey and learning more that um, this was not what I was. Um, they were not what I had been led to believe they were. Um, so a year and a half ago, I a friend of, or yeah, a friend of mine in an illness group that I'm in sent or posted a link to the Paul Stamets and Joe Rogan interview. Mm -hmm. And I listened to that, um, two or three times over and my mind was blown wide open and kind of started the journey down towards psychedelics. And, um, yeah, I, my curiosity was peaked and I just, um, found this just compelling. I was like a compulsion to need to know more, and to need to move towards this place. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you've worked with psilocybin a little bit uh, before you came down here. Yeah, a handful of times, um, some low dose experiences. Okay. Um, so is that what you asked? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Sorry, because uh, I'm just trying to get an understanding uh, or give the audience an understanding of what your trajectory has looked like. You, you know, used psilocybin to some degree in high school got nothing out of it basically mm-hmm. because of the medication that you were on when you went back into psilocybin on these lower doses by yourself what kind of a, of an experience were you having um the very first one was on a riverbed with a random guy i'd met on bumble a couple of months prior <laughs> and uh, we had had one date and realized there wasn't a romantic connection but that he had um, a history with psychedelics and just seemed like a really good spirit a good soul and i was like i could trust this guy because that was another part of my fear um, was experiencing it with somebody with the wrong person mm-hmm. that could turn the trip into something terrible. And I realize now that um, that is a factor, but probably was a much bigger fear in my head than um, it should have been. But anyway, this worked out great. This guy was a great shepherd. And um, yeah, we made a tea. It came on pretty fast. And immediately I knew my life would never be the same after having seen some of this. And it was a very aesthetic situation where just a lot of visuals I was seeing nature in a way that I couldn't even imagine was possible I still can't put words to it it's like what they say this stuff is ineffable there will never be a description but it was just overwhelming the beauty of the nature that I was surrounded with and I that carried with me for quite I mean I still that has been embedded into me and um but it definitely wet my whistle or whatever the uh, <laughs> phrasing is for that. And I needed to know more. Well, so now you've come here, you've done mushrooms in a, a group setting here. And uh, I'm interested in what, uh, how you compare uh, and contrast the two between these solo doses or the one-on-one that you've done yeah. and coming in and doing it within the group setting. It is different on so many levels. And this experience, I still... 
I mean, I'm, it's going to take me weeks to process all of this, um, but it has been beyond my wildest dreams what I've already gained from this. And like I said, I haven't even fully processed this in my brain, mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. um, there has been something about this group setting that um, could never be replicated um, by myself. And um, I'm sure other guests will talk about this or have already talked about this, but just um, there just is this through line it seems like to all of us and not just the participants but the facilitators mm -hmm. it's um just really feels like this cohesive collective journey that we're taking and we're all you know some of us are going on a boat and some of us are in a covered wagon or a rocket ship <laughs> or whatever but we're all like kind of going towards the gold rush or whatever you know we're and the, the people that are, are dosing, the people that aren't dosing, everybody had their part. And um, on our second dosing day, I think that was made very clear. There was um, a lot going on. And looking at it later when we were all kind of breaking it down and debriefing, there was definitely, it felt like, it felt like a movie and there was like plot lines and characters that mm -hmm. had to fill certain mm -hmm. roles. And, mm -hmm. um, and by that, I mean like people were going through things that they needed to go through in the time that they did at the moment that they did and the location that they did. And, um, it's all just been really beautiful to, um, look at it somewhat from a bird's eye view or something after the fact. Um, but even in it, it just feels like magic. And, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um, I don't know if we should probably mention the pro noia. I <laughs> think <laughs> like anytime we can bring up pro noia is probably a good. Well, a good why don't thing. you, um, do a little, definition. well, it was just, well, why don't we, you know, weave it into your trip there because that's how it came up, okay. right? Um, yeah, talk about what you were experiencing there at that time and then how we, the conversation evolved. Yeah, so this was our first dosing day and um, I didn't know what to expect. I, in the past, like I said, I've only done teas, so it's a different dose, it's a different mm -hmm. mushroom, um, different place, different set and setting. Um, so I wasn't totally sure what to expect. I had a little bit of nerves going in, but, um, mostly just hope and excitement. And, um, I started my trip in a hammock down, um, about, I don't know how far that is, 20 feet from the ocean, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um, a beautiful sky. And so I was already in a pretty good place, but, um, I slowly started to, um, leave and, not my covered wagon, but my like unicorn. I was like, mounting a unicorn, <laughs> taking off on my journey. I don't know. Some people seem to be in the slow boat to China or something, but um, I, I think I, I'd been talking to um, Shane. Can I? Uh, we're sometimes ashamed of Shane, but not right now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> now Shane Moss is joining us again uh, for another retreat, uh, which he's been an uh, excellent addition again. That's who Megan is referring to. Yeah, um, he's just become a pal of mine. I listened to his podcast. I feel like uh, there was a lot of familiarity there, at least on my end, um, mm -hmm. from knowing him through that. And it just it started the trip out and just a really cool vibe. We were just joking around. Um, I just I knew something good was going to happen. I felt it rumbling in me. Um, at one point, I looked down to my hands and my legs, and that's kind of my telltale sign that things are moving. I start. We were joking yesterday about my freckles uh, tessellating themselves and um, <laughs> just some some cool stuff going on. And I then, I think, look down at the concrete and start seeing um, universes in this on this concrete floor in this um, thatch hut. And I knew this was going to be a wild ride. And it was. Um, I, so at one point, I got up to go to the bathroom and I took a walk outside this hut and it felt like I walked into... Um, and I... I feel almost, um, I don't know what the word is, um, like blasphemous, but at the same time, it doesn't feel blasphemous. This, this experience I had the other day was, um, I truly believe is the closest I'll ever get to heaven on this earth. And I, I mean, it, it, again, it's just indescribable. There's no way to describe this, but the sheer beauty I was on, not only seeing, but I was feeling, it wasn't just the aesthetic experience I'd had down by this riverbed a couple months or last summer. This was a life-changing, earth-shattering joy. And again, like joy just doesn't seem like it's doing justice <laughs> to what I was feeling. I mean, um, I realized later, like I had my hand on my stomach and my heart like half the time. And it was mm -hmm. because I felt like I was either going to explode or implode with the love and joy and safety. And um, I just, I felt just cradled by 
love and it just seemed like everything was built for me. I walked outside and the grass and each flower and blossom and each fiber of the tree bark, it was made for me. It was put there for me for that moment. So I could feel this and know that this love and joy exists out in the world. And, um, Eric's sitting here nodding. I think he got some glimpses of my snot covered face. And, um, I was, I'm sobbing uncontrollably at certain points. I was overwhelming and I don't know. I just, this is something everybody <laughs> needs to experience at least once. And the the thing is that it's, a, it's possible. It's achievable. This exists. This was real. I felt this, I experienced it and I can never unsee that or unfeel that. And that if nothing else, if I left that afternoon and never looked back to this retreat, it would have all been worth it. Um, just for having that veil lifted. Mm. Well, so that that the term that we you you brought up that introduced that story, the pro noia, um, you know, people often get <laughs> paranoid uh, on mushrooms or on cannabis or whatever drugs or just in life, um, and uh, you experienced the opposite, uh, where everything was working in your favor, everything yeah. was conspiring to be beauty and love for you. Um, and I think that is every bit as possible uh, as the, the opposite. Yeah. Uh, we're so quick to believe that things are working against us. And yeah. so hard to convince ourselves that things are working out in our favor. Yeah. Um, but now that you experience that, just like you said, that you've seen that and you know that's there, then it can't be taken away from you. Yeah. And there, um, there, it felt like there was this message coming through or just this overarching theme that this wasn't just an experience for my pleasure, although that element was there. Like mm -hmm. this is this was made for me just so I could experience this joy and these endorphin dumps and whatever else was going on. But it felt like um, a message to me to like, and it felt like it was burrowing in me. And again, all this stuff is really hard to explain. And if I were hearing myself talk about this before, prior to experiencing this or a couple years ago, mm -hmm. it would be really hard for me to understand or believe even, but mm -hmm. um, it truly felt like there was um, a greater force outside of me saying like, this is so important. Like you need to feel this and seed this in your mm -hmm. body and your brain. And like, it just felt like it was burrowing inside of me, like mm -hmm. this message of that this love is attainable. This, this joy and this peace is not just for the mushrooms. This is something that can be replicated yes. throughout the rest of my life. Yes. Yes. But it, 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 it often, or I always, we have to see it to know yeah. that it's accessible. Yeah. Right? And if it's, it's as hard as it can be to get there in our daily lives when we're in so much mundanity and there is ugliness, yeah. you know, even around us in this garden of Eden, we could pick out there's trash in the on the beach, right? Yeah. yeah. So like without knowing though, that there is the ability to shift that focus, then it's just like, it's that muscle, can't, it's so hard to work that yeah. muscle. Yeah, I think that's the important part is knowing that this, or exactly what you just said, that. It's, it, it's, it's like all of these things, even, um, you know, what Rex experienced, what Pete experienced, what everybody has experienced throughout this week are different elements or different roles or of the human condition, mm -hmm. different aspects of the human condition and what it means to be and so for me i think one of the greatest things about psychedelics is that it is so blatantly exposes us to the raw human condition and mm -hmm. whether that's beauty horror truth love yeah. whatever and yeah it, and it's very and it's like most raw yeah. self uh so <laughs> I love yeah it, i love it i love it yeah <laughs> yeah yeah that's, that about sums it up <laughs> well so you brought up something that's really is is important um and is relevant and you know as you you know a younger woman uh <laughs> young-ish woman <laughs> 35 people you can make your own assessments right uh and I'm 40, so you are younger, <laughs> right? Um, but, you know, you mentioned this first experience that you had going on a riverbank with somebody that you didn't really know, and you kind of thought maybe it was shady. And, and, and when we talk about the safety around psychedelics, it's not so often the, the drugs themselves mm -hmm. that we're referring to, but the situations that we find ourselves in or the people that we find ourselves with yeah. while um, under the influence. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, I don't want to pass up that... Uh, you talking about that experience without highlighting 
and uh, as I'm sure I don't need to for listeners, but uh, just the reality that, you know, your, your Bumble date, your second Bumble date, you know, <laughs> might not be the best first time trip companion. Yeah, I mean, that was kind of a fluke and it, it did work out in my favor, but it could have gone horribly, horribly awry. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Luckily, I'm a very good um, reader of people and mm-hmm. I got a good sense about him, but not everybody has that, <laughs> uh, that skill set. And you might so, find yourself, you know, like if you're not a very, if you're not very good at reading people, um, which I think I'm t- I tend to be too trusting, yeah. right? And then you get into a psychedelic space with somebody who you just kind of blindly trusted, and then you're like, holy yeah. fuck, this person is all bad, and we're in a bad yeah, situation. That, I mean, I honestly, if I could, and I I don't like doing things all over again or talking about that, because I do believe right. all of that led me here to this Absolutely. moment. I, I mean, I believe every moment in my life has led me right here talking to this microphone. But um, if I could design a perfect... Um, onboarding experience for somebody in in this world it would be coming to this place where i'm sitting physically right now and having your first mushroom experience because this is like nothing else i could have i could imagine and i will never be able to do this justice this experience um even outside of the mushroom experience just being here with you guys and um being in this setting it's just I, again, I kind of feel like it was made for me. Like, I feel like all these other people are just actors. <laughs> brought on, for yeah, <laughs> yeah. You guys put out like an APB. Like, can we get some volunteers? Megan's coming down in April. Don't, don't go Truman Show on us here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is reality. We are all friends here. Well, but then it's it's my reality. It's the, um, yeah, my my God or whoever's out there looking out for me um, right. ordained this experience for me. Yes. And all the people that were here, that are here, are the people that, were meant yes. to be here for Agreed. me and for them. Um, Cause I feel like every, it's kind of a, we've collectively agreed on that, that um, this was our group and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. this is. Well, I appreciate that. That, that means a lot, uh, especially considering the fact that you, uh, as you informed me, you were actually actively discouraged from mm-hmm. coming, um, which uh, I do want to take time to talk about that because, um, you know, it's something that's happening um, and it, it, will happen within the psychedelic movement as there become more facilities and, and individuals who offer um, psychedelic services, then there will be some who are um, correctly or rightly accused and some that are wrongly accused. And sometimes stories get exaggerated and misconstrued and there's all kinds of um, things that can happen in there. But, you know, choosing going to a facilitator or a uh, facility uh, that is safe is just extremely important for so many reasons that we won't go into all of those here. But I would like to talk for if you would let's let's talk about that. You being discouraged uh, from coming without naming any names. I don't think there's any need to. Yeah. Um. So a lot of my a lot of my journey has been over the last couple of years has been just. Um, soaking up all the podcasts, the you know the research that's come out, the clinical trials, um, books, anecdotal you know discussions. Um, because I'm a really curious person, I love research, I love science, I love getting background on stuff, and so I you know have done some digging and joined some Facebook groups, joined some message boards, and um, I guess before I had kind of dipped my toes in the discussion waters, I had kind of put, you know, the elders in, and I'm saying that loosely, using that word kind of loosely, right. but in this um, sphere, I'd kind of put them on a pedestal and assume that they were these, you know, that everybody had a group, th- you know, group think situation going on. It was a common, cohesive goal towards universal right. healing. We're working and, towards the benefit of people yeah, with psychedelics. But, yeah. 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 And just like anything else, you're kind of disillusioned when you find out what's behind the curtain. Um, and I just, I feel like there's some, there's differing uh, motives in this community and some, you know, I might characterize as noble and some not as much. And I don't really know where people are coming from, but I do know um, from now knowing you firsthand, knowing your family, knowing this organization that um, the motives here are pure and good and I feel safe and cared for. And there was yeah, there was some discouragement regarding safety and I don't even know what else, but it's, it was just kind of sad to me knowing what I know now and 
kind of feeling what I was before the trip, um, which. So this, so, so this happened like a day or two before your arrival, right? That you had some kind of like, there was like a public conversation on Facebook that you were publicly discouraged from coming here. Yeah. And, um, you know, it was kind of an, a statement in an official capacity warning again, you know, retracting past from um, like an organization from an organization in the psychedelic community, um, who had previously spoke nothing of the highest praises for this retreat, for this experience. And, um, that, that initially had not even factored into my decision. I had already listened to you on some podcasts. I'd done my research. I felt very confident sending you, my money book, you know, booking the flights, everything. And then there was that retract, uh, retraction of some support that had been given. And mm. it was really bizarre, really bizarre timing. Yeah. Cause then a day before this came up again, it was presented to me and I was kind of left with a, what am I supposed to do with that information now feeling? And, um, I generally go with my gut and my gut generally is on point and it was, and yeah. So, uh, it's it's a little disheartening to um, kind of see this weird, uh, I don't know, infighting or something or like, because especially if it's not born on facts and um, it's just really sad. But um, I hope that other people are able to make their own judgments as well because you'll be happy you did. Well, and I mean, this is not, you know, I I do want to take this as an opportunity to try and publicly um, present a bigger, a better picture of some of what's going on, like this, this dialogue. And because, you know, people, there are so many millions and millions of people who are brand new to psychedelics and are coming to this medicine for healing for mm-hmm. real desperate like we have people that come here like this is my last is fucking it. stop buddy. yeah like if it ain't here and so you know the seriousness that we we view this work and the responsibility within it you know cannot be overstated um but so when people come to media sources or online sources or forums or whatever to try to find out how do i get safe access to this medicine and they come across these conversations of this kind of infighting or squabbling or name calling and finger pointing and, and whatnot. It, it is really very discouraging because then the people are left wondering who to trust, Yeah, you know? And like when you're going to someone with your psyche, with your, like your most vulnerable places, and then add on top of that, that you get these like insights and vision within that experience that you can yeah. see the people around the quality of the people around you. Yeah. And it's super important that we, we choose um, really very safe and caring facilitators or medicine people, whatever, whatever we want to term it as. Um, and you know, I, I'm, I'm sorry. Like, I know that had to be a stress for you um, to like two days before you're coming down here to get this like public warning about how, you know, you shouldn't feel safe here. And then you're like, well, what the fuck am I going to do? Yeah. I'm leaving now. And so, yeah. Um, I, I, for what I can do, I apologize that you have to deal with that. Um, my, our approach in Michael meditations is that we really, <clears throat> we don't want to be up in the middle of all that. Uh, yeah. we just want to do our work and, and, lo- and take I think care of people letting that. I mean, I was, I was kind of hoping you guys were going to jump in and, um, refute this stuff because mm-hmm. I had a feeling some of it was nonsense but I also appreciate the fact that your work just speaks for itself and I hope people could hear um, what's the word like a review not a review but a whatever hear my take on it hear somebody else's brands or whoever mm-hmm. um, from straight from the source versus um, somebody else that might have a different motive for mm-hmm. sharing their well again thoughts. this is this isn't meant to be a marketing tool uh this is your personal experience is actually very relevant uh to the future experiences of others or yeah. whether or not they choose not to have because you know somebody may this may be the only option for somebody yeah and they may choose not to do it because of misinformation yeah um, that's you know yeah how we were talking about before this could be somebody's last chance and if somebody else squashes their last chance um, and, and the irony that that's not, you know, if, if we're in this 
work to be helping people and then discouraging people from gaining access to the yeah. experience is not that's not helping people yeah. it's hurting people there it's just as bad as the movements that they're trying you know the legalization or whatever that people are trying to rally against I mean, right. it's just as bad as that I, you're keeping I, I people agree. from their medicine I, and yeah yeah well yeah. you've been a, a an outstanding participant and i'm looking forward to this afternoon and what you bring to i mean to every day but to the sessions you know it is really like you <laughs> like you mentioned you know seeing how everybody shows up in their their role yeah uh, <laughs> yeah yeah uh, so you've got another let's let's how are you feeling as we approach this dose this afternoon well for the listeners i did i had three grams on the first day and i had that um rocket ship ride and that was pretty insane i mean the the level of intensity of that was incredible um it was overwhelming i mean i just kept feeling like that but overwhelming in the best of ways it was like i don't think i can take one more ounce of joy right now and then here we are there's another ounce or another gallon but and then yesterday i had a a little bit bigger trip or a little bit bigger dose and had a or two days ago whenever that was and had um a very different experience so today I'm upping the ante even a little bit more and I'm feeling a little, um, I don't know if apprehensive is the right word, but I'm just, I'm just trying to fall back into it. Like, I don't, I don't know if there's any eighties babies. Remember the nest tea plunge, <laughs> <laughs> um, yes. in our uh, youngish. Yeah. Well, <laughs> the nest tea plunge, that's when I do, um, uh, when I do a helicopter jump or even I've done this out of a airplane before but it just is the best feeling in the world when you just fall back into it back into the abyss mm -hmm. and um that's kind of this vision or this picture in my brain that i've had about going into this um is just doing an st plunge yeah. back so into have it you, have you been applying your skydiving experiences to your mushroom work yeah some of it there's been a lot of um seeming analogies or kind of crossovers um in that and yeah we were talking earlier about um we call in skydiving um, an airport where you do the skydiving, where the planes take off and the skydivers congregate. It's called a drop zone. And I feel like um, psychedelics are sort of a drop zone. People can congregate and get blasted off um, into an experience <laughs> that touches every fiber of your being. And um, skydiving is, turns out, not even close <laughs> to this in terms of intensity and, um, yeah, just... Huh. sheer bliss i used to think skydiving was the pinnacle of the human experience in terms of that rush and that every cell of your body being affected mm -hmm. and it turns out skydiving is like i don't know putting on a couple socks wow on your feet wow that's <laughs> interesting here like uh <laughs> Boost my confidence a little yeah. bit now. I'm scared, scared to death to think about skydiving. I'm looking at you yeah. like what? So, what do you? What are your hopes uh, for psilocybin uh, legalization therapy, just socially? Well, as it were, this is a very hot topic for me. This is something I've never felt so passionate about. Um, I truly, until a couple years ago, until I started getting into this space, um, I've always been on on the political side, very against the war on drugs. I think it's the biggest crime against humanity that um, we've ever been a part of. If you look at it on broad spectrum, how many lives have been affected or eliminated, mm -hmm. not to mention how many lives could have been affected, saved. could have been saved. Oh, yeah. um, it just, it honestly makes me sick to my stomach yes. when I think about it. And so um, I already had a basis going into this on the political side of things. And now I have a personal vested interest in this. Now that I've seen the work that it can do in my, in my own heart and my own life. And I mean, I'm excited going forward to even see how far this propels me. Mm -hmm. Um, but I have like, I mean, my blood pressure is rising just talking about this because I, mm -hmm. I, I truly, I said this on the first day that, um, I think mushrooms could save the world. Mm -hmm. And I never thought I would be saying something like that. And if you had asked 30 year old me or 15 year old me, I would not recognize myself saying that, mm -hmm. but, um, I believe it with, every part of me. And, um, so I'm, I'm hoping we can get it together as a society and just realize what we've done and start taking steps, um, to course correct. Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. and that means, um, decriminalizing immediately psychedelics, getting them in the clinical setting. Um, I don't believe in fully legalizing because I believe then that comes with a lot more legislation and, mm you know, only being able to take it in a clinical setting or something because there is value in something like this. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, when I go back home and, you know, I find a couple friends that are like-minded and want to explore this. Um, I want to be able to do that in that regard because I think they've been used for many thousands of years, not in a clinical setting. Mm -hmm. And we've seen 
some good results from uh, that. Very safely. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Agreed. I think one of the most important things that I and the other participants can do is starting or more going further down this road because I've already tried even without much experience. I try to um, preach and not in the preachy sense of the word, Mm. but um, when this comes up, advocate. Yeah. Mm. For this. Um, because I believe so strongly in it, but yeah, I believe the thing, um, the most impactful thing that we can do in this moment as individuals is go home and represent what the mushrooms have taught us and, Mm. um, be these lessons and be this love and whatever else we've discovered. And then, um, start breaking down the taboo and the stigma. Um, because I say this a lot as it relates to cannabis, but also psychedelics, that I'm a young professional. I pay my taxes. I itemize. I do it myself. Mm-hmm. I have a small business. I have. I volunteer. I have a healthy relationship with friends and family, and I do drugs. <laughs> yes. And those two things can coexist. Absolutely. And I think it's so important to show that to the world. I, yes, I could not. I could not uh, say it better. Uh, thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. It's so important. So you got a billboard. What's it going to say? <laughs> <laughs> um, I might need to answer this later once I get my creative juices flowing. But uh, I think, um, what were we saying? Free your weird or? Oh, yeah. What, what did you say? What was it? Initially, it said like, let's get weird. Yeah, um, yeah. And I, I think that summarizes a lot of my thesis about this because I'm a super weird person and I've always been way more free to be weird than um, the average bear. But mm. there's a lot more weirdness in there that I am ready to unleash on the world. And I don't think there's enough weirdness being thrust into the world and everybody's got it. We've all got it. And not all of us know where to access it in our brain, but Mm. it's in there. And these drugs um, are a powerful tool to, um, to show us that and to show our neighboring tripping friends. Have you you, you noticed my WhatsApp uh, status? No. It says weird is where the work gets done. Oh yeah. I love that. That's, that's perfect. And I, I believe that. So yeah, let's get weird. I love the weird. Uh, well, thank you so much. You have been a weirdly wonderful <laughs> participant of the podcast. Our guest That's the of the podcast. That's the nicest thing anyone said to me in a long time. <laughs> participant of the retreat. Yeah. No, you really have uh, been a great personality. You've been a uh, great conversation. Uh, just really have enjoyed having you here. Aww. So Thank you so much. Thank, thank you, you for having us. And thank you for the work you do. Because, yeah, my life will never be the same. So uh, uh, Thank you. <laughs> Let's get weird. Well, Megan, you successfully did that in your last session, (laughs) giving birth to the universe and all in a lawn chair. Thanks for that, by the way. (laughs) I wish we could have gotten your description of that in the podcast, but ah, such is life. Listeners, among the beautiful descriptions of Megan's experience in Jamaica, you also heard her talking about taking mushrooms with a random guy she met on Bumble. Please do not do this. First of all, please do not take mushrooms with random strangers. If you are going to take mushrooms with someone whom you have never met, as most of the guests at Myco Meditations do, please do your research. We do our best, and this podcast is an effort to help you get to know myself and our team before joining. It's also a great integration tool after you've been. I've done an interview with Athena, of course, and soon you can expect to be hearing interviews with our cultivators, facilitators, and extended staff. I'm actually quite eager to let you hear from them, particularly our Jamaican employees. But I've been focusing on the experiences of individuals like yourselves at the moment. In the work that we do, we are constantly accompanying individuals into extremely vulnerable states. The potential to abuse this quote-unquote power is real. Early on in this work, I became acutely aware of the dangers of projection and transference. We are all human, and we all must remain vigilant in our effort to maintain our ethical standards. And our Myco Meditations team understands this, and that's why we work together to hold each other accountable. Myco's not just me, folks. We've got about 15 staff members right now, and I can't wait, like I said, to introduce you to them. Any one person is subject to abusing their power. I mean, it's only through community can accountability really be achieved. But, in my opinion, community accountability shouldn't be about public criticism and one-sided finger-pointing. It should be a compassionate conversation among colleagues, which is why what Megan brought up regarding my professional critics in the psychedelic community really hurts. 
I invited and paid well several individuals to come to Jamaica, seeking what I had naively thought was outside expertise. I had hoped that they would help us lift our standards through compassionate and thoughtful feedback. Little did I know that I was inviting arrows in my back. There was never a discussion to find out what steps we were making to improve as we grew, just an unannounced, monetarily sponsored Facebook post. And now, six months later, these same individuals are offering their own psilocybin experiences in Jamaica. Get ready, folks. The terrain of psychedelic therapy is about to get significantly more rocky, I believe. I just pray with my whole heart that inconsiderate and irresponsible people don't mess this up for everyone. Psilocybin acceptability is still in a very precarious place. My job is to be as fully present for my clients as possible. And when my clients or my team are personally or publicly contacted and discouraged from working with me for no real reason, well, the focus becomes more difficult, but the resolve becomes all the stronger. I've really been taken aback by the amount of division within the psychedelic community. I guess we should take heed to the stories of shamans shooting psychic darts at each other. I really don't see this as a whole lot different. And while there is much more going on behind the scenes than the average newcomer to psychedelics knows, rather than criticize the individuals who I believe are behaving in a very unpsychedelic manner, I would like to try and encourage them. Please, go get some experience trip-sitting for people. You need it. And no, MDMA and breathwork facilitation does not count. They are a world apart from the induced state of psilocybin. This work has certainly been challenging, educational, and humbling. And I believe that is what is needed more in the psychedelic community. Let's talk more action. Before you criticize the work of others... Get out there and do some work on your own and see what room for improvement you might have. For quite some time now, people have been able to build their psychedelic reputation with savvy branding or by having a popular podcast, and I have a feeling that this will be changing soon. Soon, I believe, it will be the quality of one's work and not their eloquence or articulation around the topic of psychedelia that will establish them as a leader. The truth is, folks, the bigger your heart, the more open you are, the more vulnerable to attack you become. And there will be more attacks made on me and my work, I'm sure. I have a feeling that there is a resistance to some Kentucky country boy who hasn't been a part of the research or psychiatric community being an authority on psilocybin, which, after decades of experience, hundreds of of consumed and thousands of administered doses, yes, thousands, I can say confidently that I am an expert in psilocybin. Now, <laughs> that does not mean that I know everything that there is to know about psilocybin. I am constantly in amazement at the varieties of ways that psilocybin works on individuals and groups. For my part, I'm striving to take this opportunity like any of life's other challenges to grow and become better at what I do. You see, we can either use life's hurdles to help us jump higher or fall flat on our face. And while we will all occasionally fall, we can get back up and become stronger than ever before. Hubris and pride, these are like weights around a drowning person's neck. Humility, authentic service to the greater good, these are the life raft. Let's stay afloat, shall we? There is work to be done. So today I'm going to leave you with a song that has come into my life at the perfect time. If you can understand the lyrics, then you'll understand why. I'll post those lyrics in the show notes for those who are interested. The artist goes by the name Agent Sasko. The song, Stronger. With that, let me say thank you for joining Megan and I on this episode of the Psilocybin Chronicles. May all of your journeys, both inward and outward, be safe and rewarding. Hey, what's up now? Ah, it's something. Hey, follow me now. Hey. Hey. 
I say give thanks for obstacles in our way because the hurdles teach you to jump and you run up. If everything did smooth every day, we wouldn't know we could overcome. Cause if you don't kill me, I know it's gonna build me. Oh yes, gonna make me stronger. Try not, no, then you never will fail But you surely won't get anything done So you may not Just do your thing and learn from your mistakes Experience teaches wisdom And you see if you don't kill me I know it's gonna be way Oh yes, gonna make me stronger Hey, watch out now Hey, see ya now Yeah You see the yarn work and the struggle and the hustle uh-huh. Build me backbone and me brain cell and me muscle uh-huh. So we fighting with the brain and not with knuckle uh-huh. So we not go built and not depression and go buckle Get free understand the disappointment and no not no car when one door like about a million a woman But if I try to work from That means we are going to do so We only want we won't no want no trouble But anyway, give thanks to the obstacles in every way Because the hurdles to each if we jump I'm on a set If everything did smooth every day We wouldn't know we could overcome Cause if we don't kill me I know it's gonna be way Oh yes, gonna make me stronger I'm on a set Hey, watch out now. Then me say, darkness make we appreciate life. And the certainty that that make we appreciate life. It's time to take the stage and overcome this stage right boy. Just spread your wings and take flight. Cause if we don't kill we, I surely know it's gonna be way. Oh yes, gonna make me stronger. Hey, watch out now. A simple thing. Look how much time a baby drop on them a learn fi walk. But if I chip me wish a chatter, you a learn fi talk. Lot of people love fi watch and love fi pass remarks. And if I them inna the test, them could do pass the mark. Don't forget where you a come from, but no stuck in the past. Pass enough mountain fi climb, only for river to cross. Them a ball set time hard, but we no grow so soft. So you see any time we drop, we just get up and do soft and say, give thanks to your obstacles in our way. Got the hurdles to each we fi jump. If everything did smooth every day, we wouldn't know we could overcome. Cause if we don't kill way, I know it's gonna be way. Oh yes, gonna make me stronger. If you don't try not, no, then you never will fail But you surely won't get anything done So hear me now Just do your thing and learn from your mistakes Experience teaches wisdom And you see if you don't kill me now I know it's gonna be way Oh yes, gonna make me stronger Oh yes And you see if you don't kill me